Welcome to the Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras podcast. I'm Ben Collins. This podcast takes an entertaining and informative look at some of the inspiring and humorous stories of India's Vedic tradition, followed by recordings of Vedic and other mantras being chanted by traditional Brahmin priests. Show notes and other materials can be found at puja.net, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T. Thanks for joining us. The nine planets are central not only to Hindu astrology, called Jyotish, but also to the Vedic mythology as well. All of Hindu mythology is ultimately based on karma. Somebody does something and the story follows the effects of that action from lifetime to lifetime. And of course, this sets an entertaining stage as a teaching tool for Vedic philosophy. Now, when a student sets out to learn Jyotish, the myriad rules are really daunting, even in our computer-driven age when most Jyotishis, like myself, rely on a computer to do their calculations for them. Significant insight can be gained through the study of the stories related to the planets because, in practical terms, a planet behaves in an individual's chart in a manner consistent with his character in the myth. So when we saw in the podcast on, the Sa- on Saturn that he is the son of a shadow of his mother, Chaya, it becomes easy to remember that Saturn often acts in a hidden way and can represent the shadow aspect of our own character. Furthermore, if you recall that the son felt cheated and didn't really acknowledge Saturn as his son, you can easily remember that in a Jyotish chart, Saturn and the sun don't get along. So when you find them together in the chart, it isn't generally a good thing. Let's take the case where the sun is found in a house related to weakness, such as the eighth house, then the individual will be insecure because the sun is the ego and wants to shine, just like we all do. But in the hidden eighth house, he can't. And so when you see an astrological chart with the sun in the eighth house, you know that this person has some inner insecurities and they will tend not to be terribly assertive. The symbology of the planets, their characteristics and tendencies play themselves out in a manner consistent with the Vedic mythology. This is why Vedic mythology is a living mythology. It's alive and vibrant and useful even today, or I would say especially today, in our modern world where so many things have been reduced to a scientific certainty. So let's take a little look at the nine planets used in Jyotish. Most Hindu temples have an area reserved for the nine planets, and their murti consists of nine statues arranged in three rows of three planets each. Of course, the sun is at the center of the nine planets, In a temple murti, Surya, in the center position, in the central row, facing east, where he rises in the morning. The sun is the king of the planets, and he rules Sunday, and the constellation Leo, or Simha, in Sanskrit. And the sun is symbolic of many things, but particularly the ego. The moon, Chandra, shines indirectly by the light of the sun, and is placed in the first row in the southeast corner. The moon, as you might expect, stands looking at the sun, and the moon symbolizes Monday and the sign Cancer or Karka in Sanskrit, and the moon is symbolic of the emotions and particularly the mind. Mars, standing next to the sun on the south side of the middle row, he is the general, providing protection and advice for the king. Mars rules Tuesday and the signs Aries, Mesha, and Scorpio, Vrishtika. Mars is known as the Red Planet, and the ancients called it Angaraka, which is Sanskrit for a red-hot coal. 
Mercury is in the first row on the opposite side from the moon, and this is because the moon seduced Jupiter's wife Tara, and their son was Mercury, Buddha in Sanskrit. But Mercury was so bright and witty that Jupiter accepted him as his son and forgave his wife. So the moon has to be on the other side of the Murti away from Jupiter, and Mercury is near his adoptive father on the northeast side. Mercury rules Wednesday, and the signs Gemini, Latuna, and Virgo, Kanya. So in the first row of the Murti, we have the moon, we have Venus, and Mercury. In the center row, we have Mars, and the sun, and Jupiter. And then in the back row, we have Saturn, Rahu, and Ketu. So in the center of the first row, we find Venus, Shukra in Sanskrit, now, Venus is the guru or teacher of the demons because he's so charming and diplomatic. Venus is a very powerful planet as he rules all aspects of pleasure and enjoyment. Venus rules Friday, and the signs Taurus, Vrishuba, and Libra, Tula. The last row behind the sun contains Saturn, Rahu, and Ketu, and I think of them as the dark planets. Saturn rules Saturday, and the signs Capricorn and Aquarius, Makar and Kumba. Saturn, Shani, is the lesson giver who teaches us by showing us the sides of ourselves we'd rather not see. Rahu and Ketu don't have their own days because they are Chaya Grahas. Chaya, as you know, means shadow, and so these shadow planets don't have a physical form and are just calculated points in the sky. In the Vedic mythology, there was a time when the gods wanted to become immortal, and they cooperated with the demons to churn the ocean of milk. The end result was the nectar of immortality, and as the story goes, a snake snuck into line and attempted to steal a drink. But the sun and the moon, who were watching from their positions above in the sky, pointed out the snake, and Vishnu cut it in two with his weapon, a discus called Sudarshana Chakra. But he was just a moment too late. Having swallowed a drop, the snake was now immortal, although in two pieces, and was really angry at the sun and moon for calling him out. So periodically, they swallow the sun and the moon, and thus we have eclipses. So, of course, because Rahu, the head of the snake, has no body, and Ketu, the tail of the snake, has no head, the sun and the moon pop out again, and the eclipse is only temporary. Astrologically, these Chayagrahas are very important and very useful. Rahu acts very much like Saturn and can give huge fame and fortune. Interestingly, Academy Award winners pretty much always have a very powerful Rahu, because he gives drive and determination and achievement in the outer world. But Rahu is also a disruptive influence, and even those who achieve great fame under Rahu's gaze may not be the most balanced and stable people in the world. Ketu is similar to Mars in that he is sharp and acts with suddenness and very little log logical reason. Ketu is often a part of accidents and interestingly plays a very strong role in technology and modern engineering. Mythologically, K2 is lacking a head, and thus a brain, so he often operates outside the realm of logic, and thus we should not be surprised at the occasional eccentricities characteristic of those who have a strong K2. Interestingly, K2, more than any other planet, is the symbol, or karaka in Sanskrit, of moksha, complete liberation. So, uh, sages and saints and geeks and nerds all owe a debt of gratitude to K2. 
So Hindu astrology uses nine planets and ignores Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Although Jyotish does have an additional 27 Chayagraha shadow planets, which can be very useful in making predictions. So nine major planets instead of 11 doesn't seem to be too much of a handicap. Each of the nine planets has its own mantras in the Vedas, as well as shorter mantras by the Rishi Vyasa, a Gayatri mantra, and a hundred and eight Astotra, and a thousand and eight Sahasranam mantras or names. And in addition, many of the planets have more stotras or hymns written about them, and mantras also that can be used to pacify or strengthen their effects. It is important to remember that the planets do not control our destiny, and neither do they cause anything to happen. With its firm vision that we alone are responsible for creating our destiny, the Vedas see the planets as acting like messengers who simply deliver our karmas to us so that we can progress on our evolutionary path towards greater enlightenment. In fact, there was a time when the planets got carried away with themselves a bit and when people prayed to them began to forgive their karmas directly. Well, the planets are actually relatively minor deities and the gods, when they found out, were more than a, a little annoyed at the planets overstepping of their boundaries. So the planets ended up being cursed and had to go down to Earth to wander around, suffering from various diseases, particularly leprosy. In an area of South India called Kumbakonam, there's a wonderful temple called Surya Narayana Temple, and it is located in a sacred spot where the sun did his penance. And scattered around it in that area are temples for each of the other nine planets where they too completed their own penance to relieve the curse. So to this day, the planets are simply messengers who deliver our karmas and relay our prayers to a higher authority. The simplest Navagraha mantra is Aditya Somaya Mangalaya Buddhaya Cha Guru Sukra Sanibhyascha Rahave Ketave Namaha. Aditya is the sun for Sunday. Somaya is the moon for Monday. Mangalaya is Mars for Tuesday. Buddhaya is Mercury for Wednesday. Guru is uh, Jupiter for Thursday. Shukra, Venus for Friday. Sanibhyascha is Saturn for Saturday. Rahave, Rahu, Ketave, Ketu, Namaha means I bow down to or I honor. So Adityaya, Somaya, Mangalaya, Buddhaya, Cha, Guru Shukra, Sinibhyascha, Rahave, Ketave, Namaha. And now we're going to listen to the Navagraha Stotra, one verse for each of the nine planets, followed by a little section that's actually just a summary. And this four minute hymn was written by Veda Vyasa a great ancient Rishi. And then we're going to hear the Aditya Kavacham, which is also about four minutes. Aditya is the sun, and Kavacham is armor. So this is the mantra sloka that brings us the protection of the sun. It was written by Yajnavalkya, a Rishi that is the seer of the Shukla Yajurveda, which he received from the sun, and he is also the author of the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad that we've talked about in a previous podcast. So there's your chanting for the week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
ಆದಿತ್ಯ ಕವಚಂ 
ಮಹಾಮಂತ್ರಯವಲ್ಯೋ ಮಹಾಋಷಿ ಅನುಷ್ಠುಗತೀತಿ ಛಂದಸೆ ಗುರುನಿರೀತಿ ಬೀಜ ಸೂರ್ಯ ಶಕ್ತಿ ಆದಿತ್ಯಕಂ ಸೂರ್ಯನಾರಾಯಣ ಪ್ರೀತ್ಯರ್ಧೆ ಜಪೇ ವಿನಿಯೋಗ ಧ್ಯಾನ ಉದಯಾಚಲಮಗತ್ಯ ವೇದರೂಪಮನಾಮಯೋಸ್ತಾವಪರಯಾಭಕ್ತ್ಯಾಲಖಿಲ್ಯಾಧಿವೃತ ದೇವಾಸುರೈಸ್ಸದಾವಂದ್ಯಗ್ರಹೈಶ್ಚರಿವೇಷ್ಟಿ ಧ್ಯಾಯನ್ಸ್ತುವನ್ ಪಠನ್ನಾಮ ಯಸ್ಸೂರ್ಯಕವಚಂ ಸದಾ ಗೃಣಿ ಪಾತು ಸೂರ್ಯ ಪಾಲಂಚ ಪಾತು ಮೇ ಆದಿತ್ಯೋಲೋಚನ ಪಾತು ಶ್ರುತಿ ಪಾತು ಪ್ರಭಾಕರ ಘ್ರಾಣ ಪಾತು ಸದಾ ಭಾನು ಅರ್ಕ ಪಾತು ಮುಖಂತಿಹ್ಪಂ ಪಾತು ಜಗನ್ನಾಥ ಕಂಠಂ ಪಾತು ವಿಭಾವಸು ಸ್ಕಂದೋಗ್ರಹಪತೆ ಪಾತು ಭುಜೋ ಪಾತು ಪ್ರಭಾಕರ ಅಹಸ್ಕರ ಪಾತು ಹಸ್ತ ಹೃದಯ ಪಾತು ಭಾನುಮನ್ ಮಧ್ಯಂತ ಪಾತು ಸಪ್ತಾಸ್ವ ನಾಭಿ ಪಾತು ನಭೋ ಮಣಿ ದ್ವಾದಶಾತ್ಮಕಟಿ ಪಾತು ಸವಿತಾ ಪಾತು ಸಖ್ಯನಿ ಊರೂ ಪಾತು ಸ್ವರಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠ ಜಾನುನೀ ಪಾತು ಭಾಸ್ಕರ ಜಂಘೇ ಪಾತು ಮೇಚ ಮಾರ್ತಾಂಡೋ ಗುಲ್ಫೌ ಪಾತು ತ್ವಿಷಾಂಪತಿ ಪಾದೋ ಭದ್ರ ಸದಾ ಪಾತು ಮಿತ್ರೋಪಿ ಸಕಲಂ ವಪೋ ವೇದತ್ರಯಾತ್ಮಕ ಸ್ವಾಮಿನ್ ನಾರಾಯಣ ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಅಯಾತಯಾಮಂ ತಂ ಕಂಚೇ ದ್ವೇದರೂಪ ಪ್ರಭಾಕರ ಸ್ತೋತ್ರೇಣಾನೇನ ಸಂತುಷ್ಟ ಪಾಲಖಿಲ್ಯಾಧಿವೃತ ಸಾಕ್ಷಾದ್ವೇದಮಯೋ ದೇವ ಪ್ರದಾರೂಢ ಸಗತ ತಂ ದೃಷ್ಟ ಸಹತೋಸ್ಥಾಯ ದಂಡವತ್ ಪ್ರಣಮನ್ ಭುವಿ ಕೃತಾಂಜಲಿಪುಟೋ ಭೂತ್ ಸೂರ್ಯಸ್ಯಾಗ್ರೇ ಸ್ತುತಿಸ್ತದೇದಮೂರ್ತಿರ್ಮಹಾಭಾಗೋ ಜ್ಞಾನದುಷ್ಟಿರ್ವಿಚಾರ್ಯ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಣಾಸ್ಥಾಪಿತೂರ್ವ ಯಾತಯಾಮವಿವರ್ಜಿತ ಸತ್ವಪ್ರಧಾನ ಶುಕ್ಲಾಖ್ಯಂ ವೇದರೂಪಮನಾಮಯೋ ಶಬ್ದಬ್ರಹ್ಮಮಯ ವೇದ ಸತ್ಕರ್ಮ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮವಾಚಕ ಮುನಿಮಧ್ಯಾಪಯಾಸ ಪ್ರಥಮ ಸವಿತಾ ಸ್ವಯಂ ತೇನ ಪ್ರಥಮ ದತ್ತೇನ ವೇದೇನ ಪರಮೇಶ್ವರ ಯಾಜ್ಞವಲ್ಯೋ ಮುನಿಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠ ಕೃತಕೃತ್ಯೋಭವತ್ತೃಗ್ಯಾಸಕಲಾನ್ ವೇದಾನ್ ಕೃತವಾನ್ ಸೂರ್ಯಸನ್ನಿಧೋಕ್ತ ಮಹಾಪುಣ್ಯ ಪವಿತ್ರ ಪಾಪನಾಶನೋ 
ಪಾಪೈಪ್ರಮುಚ್ಯೂರ್ಯಲೋಕಮವಾಪ್ನುಯಾತ್ ಸೂರ್ಯಕವಚಂ